love you, man, but I disagree. My name is Jacob Foreman. I'm here with my best friend, Scott Railanew, and we're really excited today because we're going to be talking about taxes, politics, agreements, disagreements, the whole shebang. Uh, but always within the scope of we're two friends talking about it. Uh, we want to make sure that we respect the other side. If you've listened before, you know that uh, I'm a little bit more conservative. Jacob here is uh, a little bit more liberal. And so today as we talk about taxes, we'll be talking a little bit about the, the GOP tax plan that uh, became in effect here in January. But but this conversation, Jacob and I have talked lots about. And so we, we, we want to put it out there for our listeners to kind of uh, hear how a conversation between you know you and your friends or maybe family members, how you can discuss it maybe at your next meal or whatever. And in the end, taxes affect all of us. And all of us have a responsibility to try to understand each other and understand the other side. No doubt. And that's that's basically what we're trying to do here right. as well as presenting some, some of our ideas. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, Jacob, tell me how you feel about taxes, man. So what I think, Scott, taxes are important to support our public goods. Agreed. So when I say public goods, let me get specific here. What I'm thinking of and what I mean, school, hospitals, yes. roads, yes. even national defense is a, is a yes. public good. Um, without tax revenue, and I will be cl- making an, an argument, a polite argument, that there's not enough tax revenue to support many of our public goods. Um, so I, I'm excited to talk through that with you. And you think that there are... Uh, multiple ways to generate that tax revenue. There's one primary way to generate that tax revenue. What are your thoughts on on generating tax revenue? Sure, I think in in general we need to tax the wealthy. The wealthy. The wealthy uh, need to pay so their fair personal, share. Personal income. So we're talking about personal income rather than like business income or, or something like that, right? So we're talking. We can get into business income too, but here in America we've had a variety of different tax codes in the past. Um, the most recent before obviously here 2018, but the most recent changes to the tax plan were in the Reagan era, um, where we we broke up the the tax um, segments. Um, And now here again, where we are, where we separate, you know, those people who are make less money, uh, middle income, and then higher income, and then even our, you know, kind of millionaires club. What I hear you saying is that we need to be taxing those higher brackets, much, much greater percentage than the lower brackets. Correct. So here's the big question, is why do they deserve to be taxed more than a poor person? It's about our collective good as okay. a country. It's about what is going to make our country better. So I think we, you, we can agree that it would be better to have improved schools, to have a better education system, more teachers per student, more resources at those schools. And it's, and I'm inferring here that it's the responsibility of the wealthy, because they have more money, to pay for the lower income The wealthy benefit from, from improved schools. I mean, you can call it a responsibility, but it's also, they're, they're getting something out of it, right? I mean, I own a business, I want my workers to be educated. Right. I live in a community, I want the youth to have a path forward and not have to revert to violence and gangs right. and, and so on. Right, Hel- helping the next generation, I, I get that, education, helping our I country. get that. It's not, it's not even yeah. about the, your neighbor, it's about, to me, it's about you. I want the people around me to have a good education so that my communities can thrive. I see. So for social services, it is the responsibility of the wealthy to subsidize for those who don't make as much money is what I hear you saying. You can call it a responsibility, but it's also to their benefit is what I'm saying. So it's, it's my responsibility to help others, but also it's going to end up helping me. Yes. So what I think is that 
while taxation and segmented taxation is okay, that they're, they're, we have to draw lines. And I think that in the past, we've had situations where you've got the wealthy paying well over 50%, like in the state of California and New York, you've got situations where the wealthy are paying well over 50% just in income tax. That doesn't include Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so while I'm, I'm okay with segmented and uh, bracketed um, personal income, I think that you have to temper it. You have to make it fair. And um, because if you don't, it will suppress the, um, the desire for people to make a lot of money because an increasing greater, increasingly greater amount of their income will go towards... Do you believe, you do believe that? Yeah, I do. I do. I think when you start taxing people 60, 70, I mean, and if this train keeps going, 80, 85% of their income going to, you know, the government, uh, people are going to say, why am I working so hard? Why, why, why do I continue to bust my hump to make money if it's just going to go to other people rather than make money for myself? And that's one of the things that, that we they can talk about. They still are making money. Yeah, no, they still make money, but... A, but an increasingly larger percentage of that money is going elsewhere, not to themselves. Maybe. So they work, you know, the average worker, right, if you work five days a week, uh, 50, 50 weeks uh, out of the year, you're working 250 days. You're working 250 days to actually only take home, you know, 30 days worth of work. But maybe another way to think about this is, and you probably would agree, I'd be willing to pay more taxes, and maybe you would too, if you knew it was going to a good cause and being used efficiently. Point well taken. And I think that's something we can agree upon is that tax tax revenue needs to be used efficiently. And I think that's one of the huge mistakes that our government has kind of, it's run wild like a, like a wildfire. I mean, we, we waste money in so many different places and it's, it's crazy. I actually heard um, um, the senator from Kentucky, uh, the Republican guy who, who tried to run for president and failed, I can't, uh, Rand Paul. Um, yeah. He got up in front of uh, Senate or Congress and he said, you know, do you know where we're spending all of our money? And he goes and he starts talking about some of these obscure places that we spend money. And one of them was like $50 million were spent in 2016 on understanding the exact words that were said when the United States landed on the moon. Like there was a group of scientists that have poured over footage, audio, video footage about what Neil Armstrong actually said. And it's just a ridiculous amount of waste that we, that our tax money goes towards. The problem is not to me, and maybe you agree, the problem is not that we collect taxes and acts ask people to pay for public goods and we can maybe talk about the numbers to me the problem is that we don't have clear visibility in how the money's being spent yeah. there's not clear accountability to our yeah. public officials on, on on spending our money wisely right if if we knew our officials was doing that we we'd look like maybe that's what sweet we'd look more like sweden we'd look more like these scandinavian countries where taxes are high but they have great health care great schools really high quality of life um people are happy but i I don't think it's okay to raise taxes before taking a hard look at that transparency. Because what I see is that we have deficits, we have problems, we have things that we want to pay for in this country, i.e. universal health care, i.e. universal education, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Halfway decent education if we talk about the place we live, Chicago. I think that before we start raising taxes to pay for something, we need to take a hard look at where the money's going in the first place. And so 
I just, I can't stand it every time I hear about people wanting to raise taxes to provide for these social services rather than let's take a hard look at what we're doing. I mean, we're already collecting a lot of money. I mean, we're already collecting a lot in taxes. And granted, there are countries that collect way more than the United States, but we collect a good amount of, of, of tax revenue. Why aren't we doing a better job of managing that money? I would settle with not decreasing taxes for the wealthy. Right, which is something which happened with this with this bill. Yeah, but I think this bill decreased taxes for a lot of people. For the upper for the upper uh, tier, it certainly increased as well as for companies. Those are the biggest winners. Right. From right. This, from this bill. Yeah, no, and I know you want to get to talking about the company aspect as well. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of reducing the expense for businesses to to run their business. I think that, and, and this is another bigger question: is um, what is the primary driver of tax revenue? For me, it's jobs because and job wages, right? Because the more jobs there are and the more you're paying people, the more money the government's going to get, right? And it's a healthy way to tax people. So if a company has 100 employees and they're paying them each you know, $10 an hour, right? You've got $1,000 being paid out every hour in wages. And if you're taking 10% of that- Where is that, this going? Well, I'm saying if, if you increase the amount of workers and you increase their wages uh-huh. and you don't tax the business, you're allowing that business to hire more people Got and it. they and the people, their taxes will make up for what you're taxing the business, what you reduce the tax of the business. And that's what the Republicans just did. They said, hey, we're going to bet on business owners. And I've, I've, heard, I've heard the arguments that you know, you're trusting a few you're trusting just the business owners to pass on that savings to their workers, to their consumers. But I think that's that's the American machine is is trusting in business and allowing for job creation rather than taking money out of the economy via taxes. I prefer trusting people than businesses. I don't, I don't disagree with what you I – mean, I guess I, I understand conceptually what you said and I agree on some level. Um, I wonder though, if we did this tax cut for the middle class more more so on, on the middle class and on the upper class and businesses. Yeah, I mean, economists are clear on this that if you do a tax cut on lower income middle class people, they go and buy groceries. They go and buy right, and and, and that's why I'm a big fan new, of the middle class. So yes, are there parts of the current GOP tax plan that I'm not a fan of? Yes. Do wealthy people get a, a lot more money than middle class people? Yes. That being said, as a middle class citizen. Um, I'm going to see more money in my paycheck. And do you know what the number one and number two things are that people spend additional disposable income on? Gasoline for their cars so they can go on trips and eating out on a Tuesday night. Rather than make dinner at home, they go to Applebee's or uh, P.F. Chang's or whatever and the fast casual restaurant that's where they're going to go and spend their money. So I'm a huge believer in giving people that money back because that's going to go directly into the the economy via travel and dining. And those are the two most effective ways to boost the economy because then that server is going to have a little bit more money in their pocket. So mm-hmm. I'm a huge fan of, of, of tax breaks. I think that George Bush, people gave him a lot of flack for what he did. That was a much different time in terms of the economy, right? It was a tough time in the economy. And so he gave people money back 
that the tax refund and people were able to take those those checks and go buy some and that's what he said don't put this in a savings account go buy something my dad went out and bought a, a, a jeep uh, uh suv and so that money was able to go straight towards car purchase that boosts the economy and i think that those types of purchases are 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 what we should be striving towards and so i understand the business tax reducing from 35 to 21 percent it reduces the cost for that business and now they're able to put money into investing into their business so expanding their their um their machine and, and equipment um it means uh growing that doesn't the go jobs. right to people the problem that i have is like we went from talking about all these people well, construction. who be helped it, who be helped by the tax cut, but then the company has a choice. They have a choice to yes. just keep it. Absolutely, they do have that choice. They and have a I choice will to give it back to shareholders, which I understand are people, but shareholders would probably just leave it in their account and want to be moved. Right. I mean, that's what you see in like in the stock market, right? right. The stock market going up. Like, yes, the stock this market goes up, which is great. I mean, it's it's a nice thing, but. Let's be honest, only the wealthy are investing in the stock market, right? Like middle class family, right. two kids making $75,000 combined in their home, they're not investing in the stock market. So I'll, I'll give you that, that the stock, mar stock market is, is definitely- it helps the wealthy. Helps the wealthy. Well, there's a lot of things in this country but that I think you we probably should, would agree with. That we should encourage investing. We should encourage investing. We should encourage people buying into companies and being a shareholder and, and things like that. I think you know, encouraging, getting away from pensions and, and, and putting in- 401ks for companies is a huge thing because then you'll have middle America guy who was working a manufacturing job who's no longer banking on his pension, but he's taking some of his income and putting it into a 401k. And and sure. And that's sure. how middle America becomes part of the stock market, becomes part of the the investment uh, world. Not if he doesn't have enough money. Not but just not like getting he's getting a, a pension, cut. just like he's getting a pension, just like he's paying sure, into his pension every separate. month. So a teacher, I mean, we, we've got a friend right now who's a teacher and she has to pay her teacher's pension. Uh, uh, payment but every that's per union from tax cuts, right? The pension versus four hundred one k discussion. I mean, you need enough money. So I guess my but it point all is, comes back to a company having more money to spend on on their business, and and they can spend it in a couple of ways. They can spend it on on increasing their their footprint, and they can spend it on their employees. But if the ultimate goal is to help people, right? That's our ultimate goal. Is not to help companies. It's to help people. Companies help people. Businesses help sure, people. Sure, but if we agree their ultimate goal is to help people right. have more money to invest, have more money to spend, then why right. don't you just give those people a tax cut? I think that's a viable option. And I think that that's what people that's are going to see. Doing. I think that's what people are going to see in their paychecks. That's what we're doing. So, so I mean, it's, it's, it's twofold, right? So you, you're helping businesses because I think that's a sustainable way for people to, to have more money. But then also the government is giving people money back in their, their paychecks this year. I'm going to see a 6% jump in my take-home pay because of the, the, the tax code. I'd like to offer a separate explanation. Sure. Maybe parallel or maybe it cuts across yours a little bit. There's entrenched interest in our country. There's entrenched interest in lobbying. In business, when we have also a businessman in the White House. So they're looking out for each other. They're not necessarily looking out for you and me. And they're saying, they're telling us, oh, all these people are going to get extra money from their company. But I have no control over that. I have literally zero. I'm going to hope and wait. And I'm going to get it. You're right. I'm getting a few thousand dollars um, a year right. from this tax cut. Right. Maybe, a couple, th maybe 3000 Yeah. Um, how much is the company getting? They're going to reduce by 14%. That's a lot. Yeah. That's 14%. a lot No, more. I'm going to see about 6% and that business is going to see 14%. That's a lot more. Yes. And and I um, think that's that's a good thing. I think giving businesses 
I'm let a silver power. hurdle. I'm taking yeah, my power is gone. But but, but and, you're and not starting that a company. Goes. How do you how do you think how do you think this this country operates? It's based off of jobs. Job. You need to have a job, and there are people in this country who are brave enough to go and start their own business. And when they start their own business and they put up the money up front, they take the risk on, they take the loan out at the bank, and they start a business, and they hire people and give people jobs, yes, they are going to reap some of the benefits more than the gentleman who, who works in, in that factory or at that restaurant or something like that. And, and if we take away that incentive... What are we saying about America and entrepreneurship? We're not taking – we're giving them. First of all, we're giving them a tax break. We're not taking anything away. And then second, companies make a ton of money. So I don't really feel bad for them or feel like they need anything else. I think that's an exaggerated statement. I, I understand what you're saying. CEOs? CEOs salary? Okay, so you're talking about Fortune 500 companies. Sure. So Fortune 500 companies, yes, the CEO of Morgan Stanley. Yeah. Yes, you're talking about large corporate – but those are – Few and far between. I mean, this tax cut is going to go to benefit. Do you know that American Airlines, which did, I believe, close to $5 billion in revenue last year, they don't even pay business uh, taxes every year because of the depreciation on there. So you only pay business business income tax based on your profit. Right. So the government allows, hey, you know, your materials cost this much, your labor cost this much. So maybe you did $10 million in sales this year, but it cost you $9 million to do that business. They only no, they, they only tax you on, on the $1 million. So if you have a bad year where your costs were higher than your, your revenue, you're not paying any taxes. And, and you get a credit for the next I year. I think you're making my argument for me. Because you're basically saying that companies already have all these benefits. That help them. They do have evade benefits. Taxes make money. Evade. How is this? Evading? I mean, it's part of the rule. It's part of the law. Fine, but they're not paying. Like you just said, they're not paying. I am in favor. I am in favor of making it easier for businesses to do business and to be profitable. And so, if this tax law changes the ability for a company to be profitable, I think it's in the best interest of that business, the people in that community the workers for that business because a lot of companies have profit sharing and so they share it with, with their employees. That's because, true. B- because if the company is more profitable, the, the people will be more profitable. And, and that's, that's the mantra they want to give off. Yes, are there bad apples out there, bad bosses who are taking all of the benefits for themselves? Yes. But I think a knowledgeable business owner, I was down in Memphis, Tennessee last week and I spoke with a business owner who is so excited about the 14% reduction because he has a ton of expenses and he's trying to grow his, his labor force, he's trying to grow his footprint, he's trying to grow his business and so this gives him 14% more wiggle room to reinvest in his business and I think it's a great thing. Yes, are the Fortune 500 companies out of whack? I agree, yes they are, I will meet you there. But I'm telling you, middle America, the, the, the middle class uh, business owner and, and the employees that work there, this is going to benefit everybody. And so I am in favor of reducing taxes to stimulate the economy via job growth. And, and that is, that's the basis, I think, of conservative economics. Um, and so rather than the government telling you, hey, give us, give us more money and we'll tell you what to do with it, it's putting the trust in, in, in the business and in the economy. And that's... Sure. So two, two things. First, um, good points. Sorry, three things. First, good points. 
second, the public goods company companies will not take care of our public goods. So we need the government, and we need the government to have money and be efficient, take care of our public goods, which we talked about in the beginning. Um, and then the third thing, I'd like to share uh, a case study that I think is interesting. This happened in Kansas. Sam Brownback was the governor of Kansas, and he decreased taxes by about as much as we are doing now at the federal level. Right. It hurt the state quite a lot. Um, it hurt their education. It hurt their hospitals. He got voted out of office the next time around. Um, it was an experiment. He took a risk. A lot of people thought it would work, and um, it didn't. So I'm, I'm worried. I'm, I'm concerned based on that that case study. That was in 2012. Right. Um, I think there are situations. I know that Minnesota has been very successful with a Democrat um, governor who has increased taxes to increase spending on social services, and it's been very popular and it's gone very well. I think that some of these things are cultural. You know, I think some states, working class embraces some things more than others. Um, I think you have some states that um, are not as well situated to to take on tax cuts versus others, and that can be regional. But as a general rule, I think that tax cuts. Um, help the people. And and this leads me to, to one of the other points that, that we've talked about before. And, and that is when people see tax cuts, um, you know, when I'm going to see a little bit more money in my pocket, when you're going to see a little bit more money in your pocket, when our friends are going to see more money in their pocket, what are they going to do with that money? And uh, I say that because we talk a lot about in society and at parties about how we want to do well for the good. Um, but here's a situation where the government is going to put more money in our pockets. And I'm curious what percentage of people are actually going to um, take that money and do something good with it. So maybe what you're saying to me is that we can't trust ourselves. But I think it's hypocritic. Well, we can't, right? I mean, I think we're in a society where, especially a capitalistic society, where we're told all the time, you got to go out for yourself. you got to take care of yourself. you got to go make some money for yourself. That's the incentives that we're, that we're put in. So that's one of the reasons why we have government is to help us um, take to care do of what the we're collective. Unwilling, we're, to do what we're unwilling to do on our own. Yeah, it's hard. that's hard to get one person to do. If they look out, they say, well, that person's not going right. to do it. Why should I foot the bill? Right. right. So the government can help us there and they can say, you know what? It's mandatory. We need some money. We're going to take care of you all. Right. We're going to be better off because of it. Right. That's, that's the gist of it. Yeah. I, I mean, I get that. I think I know why the Republicans have been successful in their campaigns, local local campaigns, regional campaigns, because I think that the increased taxes um, has hit people the wrong way, has really struck people the wrong way, and they're tired of being told that um, that it's for the greater good, and they're not seeing the greater good. And um, again, I, I, I can't help but think about the the hypocrisy that a lot of people say, you know, we should be helping out, you know, the poor, or we should be helping out those less fortunate. But when the money enters their bank account, they're not willing to write the check to a, a charity of their choice. That they're, you know they're of. Not, they're not willing. That you know of. Yeah. And I've asked around a little bit, you know, some friends, um, you know, everybody's, you know, fine and dandy to, to say that they want, you know, XYZ organization to do well, or we should be putting more money. But if it affects them, you know what I mean? Now, now they're like, well, no, I mean, I didn't say that. I mean, when was the last time, you know, uh, you heard of one of your friends going and, and donating their time at, at, a, at a, at a shelter you. or something like that. 
and 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 I tried to do those things, but I'm not perfect. I just think that expecting the government to do it for us, do the dirty work that we don't want to do, is is hypocritic. And um, that's what it's there for. Who else is going to do our national? I mean, no one's going to take care of our national safety, right? No company is going to realistically protect all of us, right? No, that's a, that's a great it, they point. They look out for their own. That's interests. a great point. That's a, I am not. I am not willing to go and stand on a front line with a gun, but I am willing to pay taxes so that somebody who is brave enough to go do that is. You and, would, by the way, on for the right cause. Well, you know, for you the right cause. You you're know, brave. For, yeah, for, you know, if it came you're down very to brave. it. But I appreciate you saying that. But no, I, I, I that was you. You put me in check there. You're right. That's that's a really good point. I, I'm willing to to. To contribute for my security, but I have a hard time when people say, you know, I, I want to contribute to X Y Z social service, and then when they have the extra money in their pockets, they're not willing to contribute to it. And I think that's, I think that's a problem. I think it's really a problem here in the United States. On human nature, right? So, like, what is our human nature? I think you're tapping into it, and I kind of agree. Like, we have to look out for ourselves. Yeah. Um, no, it's funny. I like sometimes I'll talk to some people about their taxes and you know how you can put like exempt or one or two and, and so the government will keep a certain amount of money right from you. And some people will say, no, I don't, I don't take any exemptions on my, on my taxes so that I get a really big refund at the end of the year. I'm like, that's crazy. You know, I think to myself like, that's crazy. Like, why would somebody do that? You're just giving the government an interest-free loan for a year, but it's because they know themselves. And if given that money, they're not going to save it on their own. So I, I guess it's that same kind of mentality as people know, like, hey, I'm not going to I'm not going to help this social good on my own. But if I give it to the government and they make me give it to them, I trust them to do what's right with it. In political science theory, they call it tying your hands. Yeah. My hands are tied, even right. though I had bad, even though I'm a flawed human. Right. My hands are tied. Can't right. screw it up. <laughs> but no, I, I, I understand. I understand what you're saying is that you know, we have a system in place. And, and, and you want, you know, increased taxes um, on the wealthy because they can afford it. Because we need stuff. Like, I look out and, like, I know you do too because we've talked about it. And you see people are homeless on the street. You see kids with a bad education. You see a healthcare system that needs help. I mean, we need, we need the revenue. And I, where I'd like to focus my energy is how do we efficiently use that revenue, um, which is something you and I definitely agree on, um, that it's not. It's not being used uh, to its best ability. And companies are really good at that. I'll give you that. They're really good at keeping track of money and using it effectively to make more money. Yeah. And our government is not. Well, Jacob, I want to thank you, man, for uh, for sharing your point of view here today. You know, we, we've had lots of conversations about this here, and I think it's really great for our listeners to kind of get a little look into what, what we've talked about here in the past. You know, I'm a big believer in um, – companies and businesses being the driver for the American economy. I think that jobs are the key to success both on a local level and uh, a national level. And so um, thank you again for sharing your points of view. I mean, I think we, I think we always see that we have some things that we have in common and, and some things where we, uh, where we differ. So um, in keeping with our uh, newly minted uh, tradition here for the uh, end of the podcast, please feel free to share your uh, well actually for the, for the week. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Scott. Um, it's been a great, been a great discussion. And for our listeners who maybe aren't familiar with Wall, actually, this is a segment where we describe a scenario where, at first glance, it seems like A, but after examining it further, it really ends up being something totally different. Um, I've been really encouraged over the past 
couple of weeks watching major events on TV, the Oscars, the Olympics, um, and seeing commercials or events as part of part of those those TV programs that bring us all together. So the Oscars, there was a Cadillac commercial um, where it said, we carry each other forward. It was the purpose of the commercial. Right. T-Mobile did a similar thing where uh, during the Super Bowl, they talked about how you know, we're all one, one nation, we're one, we're one group of people, and you know, it doesn't matter you know, if, if you're different skin color, creed, gender, whatever, we're all, we're all in this together. Right. So what that tells me, um, as well as the Olympics, where it's just a world event where we're all coming together, what that tells me is there's an appetite to get rid of the division and the divisiveness that we have in our country and to come together. Uh, and it makes me proud and it makes me feel good about what we're doing here, Scott, together um, to be part of that, be a small part of that movement. Totally agree. Well, well said. Well so said. So you might. So my well actually is you might think we're a country divided, but I would offer a different perspective. We're a country that's learning and growing and coming together and becoming stronger because of um, the adversity that we've gone through. Amen. Amen to that. So thank you everybody for joining into I love you, man, but I disagree. Uh, for joining our third episode, we look forward to uh, to having you listen in again for our final uh, and fourth episode of, of our mini series.